This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Welcome to Vibrant Raw Living. I'm your host, Victoria Madian. Join me on a journey of discovering your infinite potential. Hey, you guys, it's Victoria Madian and Vegan Danielle. And we are coming together today to talk about the recent Game Changers documentary. For us, it just came out last week, so we both saw it a week ago, and it was like the international premiere. It was really, really good. They did a good job on it. It was worth the wait. Totally. I found, like, in comparison to other documentaries we've already seen, like, um, I think my favorite that's probably come out the most recently has been um, Health. What the Health? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a great one, too. That one was, like, really informative. This one I feel like was very informative very informative in a different way. It had a little bit more of a male narrative to it, which I feel like was necessary yeah. because there is such a stigma, I feel like, for men around the um, whole concept of going plant-based and vegan. There's so many stereotypes around meat for men. And it was very no bullshit. There was plenty yeah. of humor in there. I know at least because we saw it in different theaters, even though we're both in San Diego. For the theater I was in, like, people were laughing, like, oh, the yeah. whole time. Like, Well, and it was great. And, like, what you were saying is that it was relatable. But also, like, the other documentaries, like, What the Health or Forks Over Knives, like, yeah, they focus a lot on nutrition. But this was, like, we are going to pick some of the top athletes in the world, people who are putting their bodies under so much more stress mm-hmm. and so much more recovery than the average person. So it was almost these extreme examples, right. which was really cool. And, yeah, just, like, the Olympic gold medals. Oh, Dotsie. Yeah, definitely. We both, I mean, Dotsie's been on your podcast. Yeah. I hope to have her on mine at some point. Um, But we both met her back, she was in, was it last year they were in town? I think so. Um, when she did the podcast or when, oh, when at the Plant-Based Nutrition Conference. Yeah, we both met her at the Plant-Based Healthcare Nutrition Conference when it was in San Diego back in 2018. <laughs> Or and, 17, maybe. No, no, 18. Or was it 18? I think it was 18, yeah. Because I think it was exactly a year ago. Possibly. Yeah. I know I got to – she was, like, hosting a Q&A with some of the panel of the people that were in the movie as well at the time. So I got to talk with her a little bit after the panel and ask some questions during. But, you know, just to know, like, her background, which obviously people can check out your episode with her, which probably goes into a little bit of, I don't know if she talked about her past with her eating disorder and, like, modeling and all that. Mm -hmm. But to come from, like, a place of that and then be, like, you know, in your 30s, 35, 40 years old, like, kicking ass. First time ever. She did not grow up as a cyclist. She just randomly decided to do it. It was insane. For sure. I think (laughs) one of the statistics that blew me away is that she was, like, Doing on the inverted leg press, 585 pounds, <laughs> 60 reps, like five sets of that, like as a part of her regime. And like not only that, but like training for six hours a day plus. Mm. <laughs> like I'm like, work, honey. At 40 something exactly. years old. Yeah. Like that's just amazing. And I think that not only is inspiring for women that have gone through you know, I think she talked about having depression and like, mm-hmm. um, you know, eating disorders, but just like even women in their, you know, later on in life, it's like you can still be doing whatever and be fueled on a plant based diet yeah. regardless. And she's such a beautiful person inside oh, and out. So she was definitely a really strong representation, you know, as well as like Morgan Mitchell when she was talking about um, her training as far as like hemoglobin. You know, for her being an Australian track athlete, that's so important she's to have so that. Cute like, too. I yeah. loved her. She's like so strong. I know, and just like such a good representation of the lifestyle. But I think it, it shows like you can really pump a lot more fuel, and like going into the hemoglobin too. It goes back into that inflammatory response the body has when you're eating meat in comparison to eating plant-based Absolutely. which you just like don't experience so well especially like when they were talking uh, you know the engine two guys and mm-hmm. uh, they were doing a little experiment on them yeah um and they literally they gave them a plant-based diet for like what a day and they it's checked like seven days or seven days well the yeah the engines were like seven days but then the football 
football players and then the, the other guys. The other guys. We'll get so to we'll that. Get to that. <laughs> That'll be the highlight. Yeah. So their thing, I mean, they were literally seeing immediate results. Like in a week of a plant-based diet, uh, most of these guys were high cholesterol, you know, markers for type 2 diabetes, or they were type 2 diabetic mm-hmm. and heart problems and all these things. And within a week, like Almost everything, blood pressure, everything went back to normal. And it was like... Or improved. Or improved drastically. Drastically, Yeah, it was great. It was really cool seeing, like, they did a lot of experiments throughout the movie that uh, just kind of showed real-time results that Mm -hmm. was like... Okay, we're we're literally going to use you guys as test subjects, and we're going to test it out. And it was really cool how they did that. Totally. Uh, You know, speaking to the other kind of athletes that were also involved with it, the whole... I don't know if this was the experience in the theater you were in, but definitely the theater was like in total uproar and multiple points throughout, like just laughing and like, I don't know, you know, like just screaming out things. And it was, it was like a very interactive experience almost. But, um, did you feel that there was mostly vegans in your theater? There were, I I couldn't really tell. It felt like a lot of the people that left the documentary because we did have, Tracy was there, who's a mutual friend of ours, and she runs Plant Diego. Yeah. And um, she was offering some resources afterwards. And I think, the, but like at the same time, the movie let out kind of late. It was already 10 p.m. So there weren't too many people that were like sticking around. But I think it was really awesome that she was there to like. <laughs> I saw offer. one of her partners at my theater oh, passing yeah. out okay, Plant cool, Diego yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they were just hitting up everyone. <laughs> yeah, for sure. They're getting it done. <laughs> These ladies aren't messing around. No. So, but um, I couldn't really tell. You know, um, but I think the fact that the theaters were as full as they were and most of the shows sold out, yeah. you know, so that's like pretty promising. Um, you know, definitely, I think when we looked, there's a little bit earlier on in the documentary, they feature some fighters as well. Mm-hmm. Like there's Nate Diaz. I was yeah. kind of surprised that Mac Danzig wasn't in it, but he, I mean, he's made appearances in other documentaries and stuff. So I feel like maybe he's had his time to shine. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nate Diaz and the McGregor fight. I mean, that was that's such pretty a huge epic, pilot, yeah. He was such a dick to him. To McGregor. Yeah, or totally. Gregor. No, McGregor. Yeah. Yeah. Was such a jerk to him uh, before just making fun of him for being vegan, basically telling Mm -hmm. me he didn't even have a chance. And then Nate Diaz came out and (laughs) proved him wrong. Totally. Yeah. The the audience was like living for that moment when he was like, I'm not surprised. (laughs) Like in the theater, that was just like definitely everybody was um, really interested in that. And I think it's um, also the experiment with the football players. Like I think I like the aspect of the documentary that it took such masculine type men like these are all people like you know guys want to sit around and they want to eat certain snacks or whatever like food and like watch these sports like football and Mm -hmm. like fighting heavy what is it patrick's thing yeah the heavy weight lifting yeah strong man strong man yeah yeah so yeah, even his situation was, like, so interesting. I found it I really— I loved his story. I did, yeah, like, about his mom and his sister, and I think it, it was just such a nice representation that you can really take adversity that you've been through in life and let it transform you in a really positive way for a really amazing cause. Yeah. Didn't he say his goal in the beginning was to be able to lift the car, right? Yeah, and then yeah. he did it. And then he did it. It's crazy. Yeah. It's it's crazy what fuels certain people, and then, yeah. you know, it's like a, a lot of us have stuff that happens to us when we're younger, and mm-hmm. then that kind of fuels some, a lot of our decisions throughout totally. our life, and I think it's pretty cool when they turn into something positive like that. Absolutely, and, you know, to speak to that point, not many people that were vegan in that documentary had been vegan since childhood. Right. You know, except, except for probably— Nimai. Uh, oh, he Delgado. was vegetarian, yeah. at least. But still had never eaten meat, but for the majority— I liked that they featured people that made the transition and showed that they were thriving from it. Um, what was really funny was when that one guy was like, asparagus just came out for me three years ago. Oh, my God. He was so funny. The guy that he liked was the really Popeyes funny. or something. I don't know. He was talking about fast yeah. food. And, like, he didn't know anything about asparagus. And, like, okay, there was a part of it that was funny and a part of it that really made me feel bad because I thought, wow, you know, sometimes I get delusional being here in San Diego and, and you know, 
fruit and vegetables are in abundance. Totally. And we're fortunate enough to yeah. be in positions to get them. And sometimes I forget that a lot of other communities are not in that same situation. Right. And when you hear other people talking about, like, they've never even had an apple or a certain vegetable, you're like, wait, what? Like, yeah. this is America, not Africa. But unfortunately, like, there are still spots here that people are, don't have access to mm-hmm. it. So it's kind of cool, though. Like, he made it, you know, made light of the situation. and yeah. That's cool. And I feel like that happened so many times throughout the film, whereas, you know, you compare this to something like Earthlings. Like, Earthlings is heavy. Like, I was, like, crying within the first, like, 15 minutes. <laughs> like, I mean, there's very valid points, and I feel like it's an important documentary to watch, just, you know, for people to be aware of what's actually going on. Um, but this made it more accessible, to people and I feel like it appealed to their humor. I think they did definitely touch on some of the um, animal rights aspects of it towards the end. Yeah. Which I think was smart that it's like they emotionally connected with the audience, got them to like, you know, shared a lot of facts, shared humor and then hit them at the end. Like, I think what really got me at the end was when they were talking about the guy who was really taking care of the, um, anti-poaching mm. oh, that in guy. Africa. Yeah. That was such a cool thing. Yeah, what is it? The anti-poaching federation or, or something like that. But yeah. those guys are freaking awesome. They're like their whole job is to go out and kill poachers. <laughs> <I'm> like, yes. <laughs> I'm not saying violence is the answer. I'm just saying these are really bad people and I'm glad someone's putting them in check. True. And I think like it, they don't always necessarily have to kill the poachers too. No. It's just injuring them. You know, to the so point where they're not anymore. exactly. <laughs> but I mean, I think to hear some of the details he was discussing, it was nice that he made the connection that mm. animals, you know, the best way to protect animals is to not eat them. And that he was protecting these creatures, but then still having this justification for eating animals. And, you know, similarly, there are so many people that face this dilemma that have pets, but then they yep. justify eating animals. So and then, you know, I love the connection that he made that he was like, you know, these are the animals that I protect really almost serve as an example. You know, they're these huge, really strong creatures and they live off of plants. Right. I know. I think that's a really cool thing because a lot of people, you know, they want to talk about the whole protein thing or vegans being weak or whatever. And you're like, well, some of the largest land animals are vegans. <laughs> totally. So, yeah. It was nice to see Scott Stoll pop up and, like, talk about all the um, anti-inflammatory aspects of the vegan diet. Because that's something, like, I've obviously been aware of, but I think he just shared some of the details regarding... um you know, the microbiome and how much inflammation plays a part because obviously for me as a dancer and you know, I'm active every single day mm-hmm. and, um, you know, to have prolonged exposure to certain exercises, it's so important for my recovery and a lot of dancers can deal with inflammation of joints mm-hmm. and certain things. So it was just interesting to hear like, wow, I haven't dealt with like, I've had one main serious injury within the past like four years, which was a torticollis muscle spasm, which was mainly caused from being in the gym and like weightlifting and probably not having the best form and just that being my fifth hour of exercise for the day, um, which normally my body's conditioned to and shouldn't be a problem, but still like a, a perfect diet can't fix like weird form if you're not doing things properly or whatever. So, um, you know, but definitely I think It's incredible to see how fast I started recovering when I started eating plant-based about a decade ago now, a little over a decade ago, and I was just like, God, like, I'm not sore. Like, I cannot get sore. Like, it doesn't matter what I do. It's, like, very difficult, and even now, I weight train. I do cardio pretty much every day um, on top of teaching, and it's just amazing what my recovery is. Like, I do take supplementation, and one thing that really helps me is magnesium, um, taking like a, a complex form of magnesium, which supports, you know, balancing out your cortisol levels and, you know, your muscle functioning. And, um, the one that I take also has electrolytes in it and supports your muscle and bone health as well. So, you know, but they do, 
talk about supplementation in regards to B12, like in how, you know, it's not just vegans that deal with it. <laughs> no, what did they, I don't remember the numbers in the stats, but they said something along the lines of like, you know, 80 something percent, let's say, if people are deficient in B12, yet only like 10% of the population is vegan, or not even that, and right. it's like seven or something like that. And they're like, okay, so you're going to make fun of vegans for being deficient when most people are deficient. Right. Because it comes from the soil, and a lot of us are washing our vegetables before we eat them. So we're, washing it all the way. And so I, I thought that was kind of cool that they, they brought up all of those, the iron, the B12, the protein, of course. And then they were showing like the, you know, deficiency of fiber in a lot of people that don't eat a vegan diet. Totally. So it was kind of cool. Another thing I found really interesting, just because I studied anthropology when I was in college. And so when they were looking back at the archaeological evidence and like slicing open the bones of the mm-hmm. different gladiators and you know, going back to sites that they had once looked over and finding the microscopic plant materials yeah, left behind. I was so like, cool. that's the evidence we need. Because when we look at current tribes that live in Africa, 98% of their diet comes from plant-based sources because Absolutely. it is not energy efficient to be hunting down animals for mm-hmm. the amount of calories that you're going to get mm-hmm. from them. It's so much more efficient to be you know, using your opposable thumbs rather than your <laughs> quote-unquote canines. So, you know, and it, I, I like that they just reinforce, I feel like other documentaries have done this pretty well too, but like reinforce the human anatomy is not designed to be consuming animal products, especially meat. Um, so that was nice to see, and I look forward to more of the evidence that will come from that. I mean, I remember being <laughs> at UCSD in my in class when we were doing um, the anthropology of like a human diet or the evolution of the human diet, you know, and I was, you know, eating plant-based and raw at the time. And I showed, you know, I'd be talking with my professor and be like, look, like this is how I eat. And this is like what I've, you know, and she's like, all right, if it's working for you, keep doing it, you know, but it's like, there's so many different beliefs thrown around oh, yeah. that, you know, meat increased the size of our brain or, um, you know, we learn to eat meat from seeing other animals eat meat. And, like, there's just so many different theories that contribute to that. But, you know, I look forward to seeing more of what's going to come out of that research. So that was that was really cool um, to see. And I like that they did also touch on cancer but and obviously you have a little bit more experience with um cancer yourself but they did make some pretty good points around that yeah i thought that was pretty cool too because there's some certain things that i had heard too in my own research and mine wasn't anything serious on the on the realm of cancer (laughs) um but and thankfully it was encapsulated and really easy to cut out but that was when i first started looking into research myself and um, you know, of course, there's a lot of controversial topics, but overwhelmingly, the answers were meat and dairy increase inflammation. Uh, inflammation increases can- cancer cell growth, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's not necessarily saying that being vegan is going to stop cancer growth or, like, make you, right. you know, completely invincible to it. But it, it does take down a lot of the, um, you know. Contributing factors. Exactly. So I thought that was pretty cool seeing that part. And. I forgot you were just talking about something earlier, and it reminded me of another part in there. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> what was I talking about? Was it the archaeological stuff? When you were talking about that, yeah, one thing that was kind of cool was because a lot of people look up to, like, the gladiators and stuff yeah, as being, like, totally. some of the strongest, you know, bravest men. <laughs> me too. Um, but, you know, they don't. People people associate, like, strong, vicious men with eating animals, <laughs> and the gladiators are some of the strongest that most men can look up to that, like, always, you know, it's like little boys growing up, they think about gladiators fighting and whatever, and... Most of them are eating plant-based diets, it seems like. And I think, I mean, it makes sense, just like you were saying. It's not very efficient to be catching animals. And even if they didn't know any of the health effects of it, like, they would just know by eating it. Like, Mm -hmm. we're just eating plants all day. Why would we waste all of our energy to go get an animal? And we have to make weapons and all that. You know what I mean? And then cook it and whatever. (laughs) Yeah. And it's just usually in that, in those instances, it's more ceremonial. Yeah. Anyway, it's not like they're constantly out there doing that it's so inefficient and even the animal that they're hunting down it might be like a porcupine like it's not even like a huge it's not like they're hunting (laughs) down yeah Yeah, exactly um 
But even like playing into the protein, I really like they touched on the quality of the protein. Oh, that was actually yeah. really cool because that's one thing that I hear a lot of non-vegans saying is like, okay, sure, I'll give it to you that vegetables have protein, but it's not as good a quality as the meat. And actually, they proved the exact opposite mm-hmm. in the documentary, which I thought was really awesome. I don't remember all of the uh, points that they made on it, but... They, they basically touched on how it is like way better for your microbiome. It doesn't promote as much inflammation and the absorbability of the protein is much more. Because so it needed, like, didn't need to be as broken exactly, down. Exactly. Because it's like most of the people that are even eating meat, they're getting 70, like they could be whatever they're eating, they're getting 70% of the protein from mainly plant-based sources. They're not getting as much of it from the meat. Even if they're eating more meat in their diet, they're not getting the amount of protein from that. But <laughs> explain that correctly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it it basically the a lot of it becomes yeah. useless. Like yeah. you end up eating a lot of animal protein, your body doesn't even have the ability to break it down and utilize it, so it ends exactly. up just going into waste. Totally. Which is crazy. Yeah, and it's like if you're giving your body an adequate amount of calories and amino acids, you will be able to repair and grow your muscles or just maintain if that's all you're trying to do. Um, But, you know, for most of the athletes featured in this documentary, they are definitely trying to maintain and for many of them grow their muscles or at least their strength to optimize their performance. And that's really what plant-based proteins do. I mean, they have about 64% or like times the amount of antioxidants compared to meat. And you're getting phytochemicals, vitamins, minerals, host of different nutrients, fiber, um, and that's really going to support a lot of that new tissue growth for muscles and just improve your immune system because you don't want to be, you know, exposing yourself like we saw with a lot of the guys that were in the fire engine. Um, they were doing the engine two diet and, um, you know, speaking to the Esselsteins, it's like mm-hmm. Dr. Esselstyn and his son, Rip, like so they're just cute. such a good <laughs> representation of like a father son Thing because there's probably a lot of sons that don't want to go through, you know, kind of breaking away from their. I mean, I know what it's like to break away from my family patterns and like Same you know, here. leave that childhood memories of eating certain things behind. But I feel like with the advancing of technology and being able to create a lot of different products, there's ways to sub things in and out and recreate those treats or those recipes yeah. or whatever and and make it pretty similar. Uh, it's obviously not the same thing, but, you know, it's pretty damn close. <laughs> so, and it's modernizing it. So, but I think they are a good representation of really strong, fit, agile, present, modern dudes that, like, are educated and really helpful towards the movement. And I really just, I appreciate that a lot because I think there are probably a lot of dudes out there that want to transition to eating plant-based, but then they're going to, you know, a lot of guys not everybody but like can care about their father's opinion of them and they feel like that judgment towards them can't speak for it myself because i'm not a dude and i don't (laughs) you know i don't really live for the approval of my parents that's not really um my jam but um that's i know that some people that can be a contributing factor where they feel more detached from their family and that can cause other things to go on but there are so many health benefits to it, and I think there were a lot of um, positives that both of them really share about, you know, when Dr. Esselstyn was talking to James Wilkes was going home to his dad in their rural community where they have, like, dairy farms and all this stuff. And My mom grew up eating tons of dairy, like, all that kind of stuff, and it's, like, to expect your parents to change when they're so set in their ways, like, it can be really challenging, but... Wow, when they featured that one guy who's like 60 years old, being 10 years plant-based since he was 50. That guy was in such good shape. So good. I was like, that gives me motivation to want to know what I'm going to look like at that time. Just to be able to be giving workouts to people that were less than half his age and they like can't even keep Keep up with them. Like To an extent, there are times I can relate to that type of situation because sometimes I'm giving my dancers things where... I might be more flexible than them or stronger than them in certain areas. But thankfully, a lot of the dancers that I work with are very, very talented and they've had excellent training. So I'm not going to shade them at all. But there are times where I'm like, 
I can push them, you know, because mm-hmm. I I have that ability to, you know, physically do some of the things that they may not have done that. And it's nice to be able to know that I can actually demonstrate it and show them how it's supposed to be done. You know, that was really, really inspiring for sure. Having Arnold in the film, <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger, I think that was a really key piece. He's 69. Yeah, it's insane. And how many guys are in the gym that like looked up to him as an example because he's such a he's like a monument within the weightlifting industry yeah so i think the fact that he really spoke out about and talked about like how he really bought into steak and like meat like meat is what a man eats yeah totally like he said it was like 250 pounds he was eating 250 grams of protein that's You know, it it just goes to show, like, what things look like on the outside is not always a direct reflection of, like, what could have been going on in his arteries, the amount of inflammation that he was dealing with, like, all that type of stuff. And one thing that I thought was so funny around that part was when, like, they had the George Foreman guy pop up and he's like, yeah. Like, (laughs) (laughs) this is so funny. Oh, man. Well, and then just going on that topic, what I think the part that we were talking about in the beginning that made everyone laugh, like, I think... There's such this yeah. overwhelming stereotype of real men eat meat. And like they even mentioned in the old commercials, right? We did the same thing with cigarettes as well. And they have this, like the tough guys do this. And they showed all these different yeah. commercials. And You're like more like a man if you have a quarter pounder in your hand. Right, or a few of them. <laughs> and then they like proved the exact opposite with their little erectile dysfunction test, mm-hmm. which was amazing. So first thing with this, I love the fact that they used three athletic fit guys. They weren't vegan. Um, but they didn't pick some, like, 60-year-old overweight guy that most likely has ED. They picked three guys that are probably functioning completely fine. But then they d- gave them plant-based food for one day and saw <laughs> crazy results on yeah, their tests. harder, faster, stronger. Uh, much more. It was insane. Yeah, so basically the results for that were that I think most of them, they tested for the circumference yep. and the hardness and, and length. the length mm-hmm. of the erection. And, and how many times. Yeah, exactly. So how many times that happened throughout the night. And for most of them, it was, I think, around a 13% <laughs> Except for the increase. Last yeah. yeah, like... But in regards to how many there were and how much harder there were, like, it was anything from 200 to 500 I had no idea, by the way, how many erections guys get when they're sleeping. I knew it happened a little. I didn't know it was, like, that much. And then they did the test, and it was like, oh, 300% more. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, the last guy was so funny when he was just like, that's an hour, bro. Everybody was dying in the theaters. So, so funny. And, like, I think it was something that they spoke to also about um, the whole, you know, taking your date out on Valentine. Oh, yeah. The guy's eating the steak. And uh, he's just like, I'm going to take my girl veggie grill. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So so great. Oh, I know. So I think that that was one of the biggest motivating factors for men, because obviously that's something that most men are concerned about, or at least pay attention to. And um, the fact that all three of those guys saw amazing results and just in one day of eating plant-based, which I thought was great. And I mean, I think it's great that they put it in there because I think it's um, it's a really good, you know, attention grabber. Definitely. It's going to grab the attention of people that have penises or people that like people (laughs) who have penises. (laughs) Um, And, you know, that is so true, though. People think, oh, this is like it's not going to make a difference even if I just go for a day. But like we saw with the football players, was it the Titans? No. Well, there was the the Griff Wallen is already or Waylon is already plant based. Mm -hmm. And the two other players that I think Miami Dolphins, I don't know, mm-hmm. sorry, yeah, that that was interesting to see, like how much the blood changed within one day. Oh so yeah, the experiment, when they did the centrifuge, yeah, the experiment that they did was they gave three athletes a burrito that had two of them were not vegan, one of them was vegan. And they took their blood, I think, like an hour or two after they ate. Mm -hmm. And then the next day they were all given plant-based 
burritos and then their blood was taken and then it was put in the, was the centrifuge yeah. and it separated all the plasma and you could see in it was like so cloudy and nasty and i think that was a really good like physical representation you're holding it in your hand it's like this is legitimately what's going into your blood blood. yeah like people don't realize like what you put in your body that goes into your blood vessels and stuff it's not like just pipes in your body where (laughs) everything's just like you know a pleasure tube that you can just put everything through it's like no that's not that's not what happens so that really hit home with the guys in there and i think um I hope that it resonated with a lot of the audience members as well because that's pretty impressive. I mean, as you could see with the seven days, the seven day challenge, how much that made a difference in the, the like the firefighters, the firefighters health. Well, what was crazy with them is a lot of them were overweight. You know, you could just tell by looking at them. And like, I remember them discussing with each other, like, man, we're in a position where we're supposed to be saving lives. Like we are required to run and we're required to be at this certain ability because people are depending on us. And a few of them, I think, had some pretty amazing like self-realization points where it was like, how am I supposed to be saving lives if I I can't save myself, you know? Right. So it was kind of cool to see them realize that. And it seemed like a real like heartwarming experience for them too. Like I felt like a lot of them got a little emotional when they were talking mm-hmm. about it. And I, I think um, a lot of times – People, you know, we're so go, go, go all the time that we don't pay attention to these little things. And when you really sit down and you realize like, oh, my God, I've been eating like this for a couple years. I gained all this weight. I'm not at the same ability that I should be for myself or for my job or whatever. Or or their families. Exactly. I like that they discussed, you know, the kind of a little bit more the intimate details of these guys' lives just beyond what their health looked like. They're just like, you know, I got a family I got to provide for. And, you know, that also creates other stressors in their life and stuff. So it's not just one thing. And I think people can relate to that, you know, because people also that have families, sometimes they want to make the change for themselves. But then they're like, oh, but is everybody going to want to get on board? Like, right. So I did like that they touched on that piece, too. Yeah. But it was nice to see that amount of change. And that's just after seven days. I mean, you imagine, like, people have been eating like this for years and years. Yeah. You know. And, but that it can be reversed pretty quickly. So. That's a cool thing. Mm-hmm. The changes were pretty immediate in most yeah. of these people, which was awesome. And they they should. Then there are a couple, I think it was the firefighters that uh, ended up reducing a bunch of their medications or getting off of some of them. And it was yeah. like. I remember yeah, them yeah. doing that in What the Health, too. You mm-hmm. know, it was like these people that thought they were had to be on, like, 14 prescriptions or some crazy amount yeah. for the rest of their life. And then they end up dropping down to one. And you're just like, oh, my gosh. Like, totally. It's so cool to see that. Because that shows the immediate results, too. Like, and how much money are you saving? And, and those things are not good for you. Like, there's so many toxins in prescriptions, too. It's You need another prescription for the side effects, you know? so True. I think... Definitely pharmaceuticals have their place for the the job that they do. Right. And just like anything else, it's like using it appropriately to treat. Temporarily. (laughs) Exactly. Whatever the situation is. But ultimately, these things, I think if you are on cholesterol medication or blood thinners or like all these types of things, like, you know, obviously listen to your doctor and as far as the recommendations regarding the medication, but I think it's nice to see representations of people that are able to thrive and eat really and, you know, transform their health and, and live healthy lifestyles that were able to put those things in their past and realize, yeah. like, yes, if I continue to eat this way, I am going to need these other things. But when you remove that variable, you change your equation and it, and it shifts things in a positive way yeah and i think some of the changes that we saw even with guys that were already in pretty good health was the football team that was the final one that kind of wrapped up i don't remember the name of the team but it was the wife with like the catering she she was on my podcast charity okay so yeah yeah, she's been on twice (laughs) i was like girl that looks good that looks bomb she is so 
funny, too. Mm-hmm. I love her. She's got a great personality. Uh, Chef Charity Morgan, she's the wife of Derek Morgan, who's the uh, linebacker, outside linebacker for Tennessee Titans. And I, that was so cool, too. I know she she was joking about Jarrell Casey, another one of the players on the team, um, because he was just kind of skeptical of the whole vegan thing. And then he was one of the first ones to, like, really get into it. But one of the things she described on there was that so many people thought that she made him go vegan, her husband, Derek, go vegan. And uh, she didn't. It was him. You know, he started the whole thing. And then she had training as a chef and um, from Cordon Bleu. And then she was like, you know what? I think we can, like, turn this vegan. Yeah. yeah. And so now, I mean, she's all about the animals and everything now. But in the beginning beginning it was all just about their performance so it was pretty cool to see you know once again top athletes doing that totally and they did mention a soccer team i don't know if it was in the second half of the film or at some point that was some type of soccer team that was up in london where they were all of a sudden the the sports theater where they hosted all the games they transitioned their whole diet um or their offerings their menu went completely Mm. plant-based and then their people were annoyed initially that were like, oh, like, what is this? But then people started eating a bunch of the different things on the menu. And then people kept coming back for the food specifically. <laughs> and then their team ended up getting into like the league one or like getting up into the next league as far as being in the competitive level. So I think that thankfully now, I mean, this is so different compared to 10 years ago when I was transitioning to eating plant-based and eating plant-based. The quality, it's not like black bean quinoa burgers anymore. Like, with you know, <laughs> you can really get stuff that tastes exactly or like as close as possible to something that is an animal product. And it's almost freaky sometimes. You're like, oh, yeah. wait, wait, wait. Is they this, is this like not it. like, what is this? Yeah. It's really crazy. Um but it's it's just nice to see that the availability is becoming more um, accessible to people. Not only financially, it's it's more affordable. It's in more fast food restaurants and stuff. Mm-hmm. And people are not that I feel like fast food restaurants are great. I think no, there's still a long but... way to go. But I think it's very smart that they're able to pro- provide the plant-based options in that way because – you know, as we talk about with all the um, things that animal farming does to the planet, I think, you know, about 83% of agriculture is dedicated to factory farming. And yeah. that not only causes a lot of harm to animals, but also causes a lot of pollution. It causes... And ruins biodiversity. Completely, yeah. Yeah, it's insane. That was one really big thing they touched on with the whole Amazon thing going on right now, too. Well, they weren't talking too much about that because it had been recorded yeah, yeah. prior. But yeah. um, I could see the direct correlation because everything with the Amazon is going on right now. And then they're showing this stuff on there with factory farms. And they're like, yeah, most of the land, most of the Amazon and these other, you know areas that we're chopping down is all for animal agriculture and most of the planet's soy and corn and everything and wheat is being grown for animal agriculture yet we still have people that are starving to death in countries that have absolutely no food but we're feeding our cows in south america so that they can get slaughtered and then sent back up here because we've destroyed so much of our land in america already it's like this is insane. Even if you don't care about animals, this is insane. Like, like you must, I mean, you have to, like, not care about anybody if <laughs> you don't care about the planet or the people or the animals if you really don't care after you see that because it's, it's pretty crazy. Right. And that's, like, a lot of people just don't know. They, they, just, ju- right. they just don't know. Right. Most but people don't know anything. It's really hidden. That's uh, why this documentary is great. <laughs> I know. Another thing that I love that they touched on was soy and the phytoestrogens and comparing that, like, because I'm sure, like, I know, like, I've heard it a bunch, like, oh, my God, isn't soy scary, blah, blah, blah. Um, I don't know. What are some of the things you've, like, been confronted with? Oh, you know, if a man eats soy, he's going to grow boobs because it has estrogen. Well, first of all, it's phytoestrogen, not estrogen, because it's coming from a plant, not an animal. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I, soy was one thing that, like, I, I've never really, like, stayed away from it completely, but it, it, whenever I had the option of soy or not soy, I would choose to not eat soy just because of some of the stuff I heard, but I, I never felt that it was that bad that I really dug into all the research, but they did, and that was really awesome that they basically debunked that whole thing. Totally. Yeah, they mentioned that the phytoestrogens, they actually block 
other forms of dietary estrogen Mm -hmm. and um, can prevent your body from uptaking the amount of estrogen that it should. So that's why I feel like for females, I mean, just in general, you want to eat things in moderation, but it's not something to be like afraid of. And people are, are afraid of like the soy boobs or whatever. But Honestly, like the main source of estrogen that caused people to get like man boobs is from animal Dairy. products. I know that's what was so They're crazy. With chemicals and hormones. Yeah, absolutely. So the way that they kind of made sense to me with the way that the phytoestrogens work was um, I was just reading about like how birth control works, which I'm not saying I'm like an advocate or not of it. It just happened to be something I was interested in, but, um, where they're giving, it's giving your body so like such high levels of hormones, progesterone usually that, um, it actually stops your natural production of progesterone because the receptors sense that it's there and it shuts down the production and whatever. Um, and so that's kind of how I related it to soy was that your body recognizes the phytoestrogens. And because there's a certain amount of it in your body, it actually shut down some of the production of it, which is so crazy. Cause you know, like, we said what we're normally hearing is that everybody's saying, oh, it's adding more estrogen to your diet. Well, actually, it seems to be doing the opposite in the studies that they were doing. So it was kind of cool that they kind of broke everything down. Yeah. So, you know, I think one of the main things when we're looking at hormones is real estrogen causes can contribute to like our levels like really high in estrogen can contribute to weight gain. But the only way you can really get your estrogen levels that high is if you're consuming, like, external, like, either taking external hormones Mm -hmm. or consuming it dietarily. Um, So real estrogen is typically what causes that type of change to take place in the body. And also cortisol, which is increased stress, can increase the amount of body fat. And that Mm -hmm. is largely caused by animal products. There's been so much research surrounding, you know, the cortisol that's in animals and when they're going to slaughter and stuff, like people that are eating animal products end up consuming that. You know, it's those hormones are still there in the flesh of the animal. So when you increase your cortisol, this can affect a lot of different aspects of your health in regards to not only weight management, but um just your immune response, your nervous system, your ability to recover from exercise, how well you're going to sleep. It's inflammation again, Totally. Too. Your body's just on high alert to get rid of toxins. Absolutely. Another parallel that they drew similar to, you know, other documentaries in the past is like how they're like, how do people not know this? Hmm. But it's very parallel to the tobacco industry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and like you had kind of mentioned, too, when people have family traditions or they grow up when learning the same thing their entire lives. And this is such a scary concept to think that not only have you been lied to your whole life, but guess what? The only thing you have to change is everything you eat. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. what? Like, and then, you know, you talk about those old family values and it's like, well, my grandma makes me pork and it would be rude to say no. It's like, I I don't have that. So it's. I, I can't relate to it, but I can see other families going through it. I can see people, peers of mine, that are going through it. Um, and they there's a girl that works here that wants to be vegan, but she's from a Mexican family, and her mom thinks it's unhealthy. And, and she actually pretends to eat meat and then doesn't eat it and gives it to her dog because she doesn't want to upset her mom. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh. Like, I can't imagine how hard that would be. Now, good news is... With all of these documentaries and things coming out, I think um, it provides so many other resources for people to kind of shift that. Mm -hmm. But it's still hard to take in, though. Like, what, I've been lied to my entire life? Yeah, Yeah, I know for me, my family was really kind of just accepting towards my transition because I had such gnarly digestive issues Mm. growing up. Mm -hmm. So that made it like, I was like, okay, this is finally working. Just let me do my thing. Um But I think for me, I really missed the cultural food. And I know I've talked about this before, but I think I personally, growing up being Iranian-American, my mom's like Eastern European, English and German mainly, um, but was raised in Wisconsin. So, but being that my dad's from Iran, I grew up eating a ton of Persian food Mm -hmm. and I loved all the different flavors and spices and Um, we would always have multicultural festivals at school and I loved like being exposed to not only like the dance or the physical representation, whether it was like karate or like whatever, 
um, the sports in other cultures, the the diversity, the different flavors, the different languages, the different customs, all that stuff is so interesting to me. I mean, hence why I studied anthropology. But, um, you know, it's that was difficult to feel uh, socially a little bit more disconnected, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which I don't feel like that's the issue now. And even over the course of my plant-based journey, like I was able to always you know have lots of other friends that were plant-based and my closest friends are people that I've met through the plant-based community so you know that's I think there's always solutions that can be found to any type of problem regardless of whatever it is I think there's a way to figure it out and if you can't figure it out then it may just be a fact of life but you know these things you know these companies that are creating all these different ways of um making different animal products or animal product alternatives are doing a lot not only for human health the the safety of the animals the lives of the animals and the environment that we all live in because regardless of whatever your dietary choices are we all share this one planet and it is definitely being really really largely affected mm-hmm. by these industries mm-hmm. that people are like oh i'm just one person it doesn't really make a difference <laughs> says one million people mm-hmm. <laughs> well like, yeah. or like you know seven billion billion yeah, yeah. well and, and i think one thing that kind of came up for me too that i thought of when we were watching a lot of this is that um you know the people that are concerned about the environment that say the people that aren't are trying to minimize their plastic use right well Whole food plant-based items, i.e. bananas and lettuce and blah, 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 don't come in plastic. They're mm-hmm. at the grocery store or very minimal at least. And they're sitting on shelves and you can cook with them and or cans of beans or whatever. But literally every animal product I can even think of right now is in plastic. Your milk or jugs, styrofoam, yeah. your cheese, yes, or styrofoam, your meat, your, everything is wrapped in plastic or styrofoam. And um, even just on that level, like that, that's such a small piece of it. But even just like personal consumption and then what happens to that plastic and how was it made? And, you know, there's just so many things that go into it that we're like, well, how much work was it really to go pick that apple off the tree? You know what I mean? Like it's so much different. Back to those opposable thumbs. Yeah. (laughs) Um, One statistic that I found pretty startling was that one burger amounts to 2,400 liters of water. That's like... 2,400 smart water bottles. Right. For For one one hamburger. Beef hamburger. Burger. That's insane. That's, like, so disgusting. And people are like, oh, like, I'm going to get an eco-friendly car and, like, reduce my, you know. Carbon footprint. (laughs) Exactly. And, like, I don't know. My dad loves Sebastian Maniscalco, and, like, one of the things in one of his comedy routines, he mentions, like, oh, people are going green. People are getting, like, the green light bulbs in their house, and, like, I'm saving this amount on energy. He's like, yeah, I can't see you. (laughs) Like, anyways, like, I do think these are all great changes to make. However, it is really important to realize, like, diet is the most important impact you can make on all of this because, I mean, the amount of carbon dioxide, the carbon footprint of the animal agriculture industry is, like, worse than all of the transportation in the world combined. combined. Like, like, it doesn't even come close. Like, I'm not exactly sure specifically on what the statistics are, but, like, the transportation, all that stuff is, like, so much less. Like, I think less than half. Yeah, I think it was, like, right below half. It was, like, 49% right. or something like that. But that was literally every vessel combined. Like, boats, airplanes, trucks, vans. Like, everything that you could think of being combined into that statistic versus animal agriculture taking up, I think it's 51% or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's insane. That's I mean, you look at how much exhaust comes out of these cars. We we walk outside, you know, we're here in San Diego. We got a pretty busy five freeway right here. You see how many cars are flying by there, how many freeways, how many miles of freeways are spanning boats mm-hmm. in the ocean and planes over us every single day, all day long. So true. And all of that put together is less than animal agriculture. It's disgusting. It's yeah. insane what we're doing. You know, it just kind of goes back to the point of, you know, the tobacco industry, it's like there are people that used to think, oh, athletes smoke and, 
you know, there's all these advertisements Mm -hmm. for all these celebrities and people that were taking, you know, even going back as far as like different um, types of medications and things. They were all associated with like celebrities and people that were in the entertainment industry. And so it was all marketing. Oh, yeah. It's the same thing with meat and all this, you know, fast food, whatever. If that can be used to promote a plant-based diet, I'm all for it. Right. But let's remove the stigma around eating plant-based and saying it's deficient or it's not possible. I mean, I think this documentary proves such the contrary, that it is so possible. There's so many options. And the fact of the matter is, like, yeah, it does take a little bit of willpower to make it happen. In the beginning. Right. But in, like, 2019 now, like, there are so many ways to make it work. Oh, yeah. Any kind of product that you want that would normally be a dairy product, you know, beyond that, even, you know, products that would normally have traces of dairy or animal products in them can be completely made without you know, recipes can have substitutions and it's like you wouldn't even know the difference. Absolutely. And most people are like, wow, this tastes even better because I feel even better after I eat it. I'm digesting it so much better. My energy, my recovery is so much better. I know mm-hmm. those are really important factors for me in regards to, you know, why I've stayed plant-based. Um, it's definitely made a huge, it's been a game changer in my, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Pun intended. Um, It has been a really huge game changer in my health. And I, you know, being vegan for the past decade and eating plant-based, I don't even want to know, like, what my health would be like, you know, if I hadn't made that switch, you know, for how healthy my, like, low my body fat percentage is and how much muscle I'm still able to maintain at a very healthy weight. Um, You know, I haven't wasted away. But I've really been able to optimize my health and um, it made it really nice to actually like be able to see myself in some aspects. Like have I competed in the Olympics? No, but I've been involved in competitive sports my whole life. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when you are really competitive, you want anything that's going to give you that edge. And for life, we all have to be striving together to like meet that next level that we can all do because when you're able to be better for yourself just like those firefighters when you're able to take better care of yourself you're able to be there for the other people in your life mm-hmm. that you need you absolutely so yeah i don't know any any final thoughts <laughs> no i think that was a good good summary of everything i think it was a great documentary i know it's available on itunes i just saw it right now you can download it what for- yeah, fourteen ninety nine right now, but I have Get a it. feeling Get it, it'll people. probably be coming to Amazon. I'm gonna buy it literally right now. Right now. <laughs> yeah, we'll put a link in the description um so you guys can check it out. It is absolutely worth watching and um it's it's really enjoyable and it's a good film to share with anybody that's a skeptic that mm-hmm. you think is going to be like oh don't tell me what to do i don't want to do this like i'm fine how i am i feel like it's a perfect documentary in comparison to a lot of other ones um even if you have somebody who has an athletic background this is even more incentive so yeah thank you to all the makers of the movie and um i'm glad we could have a little collab on this is really of fun course. so thanks for listening guys bye guys Thank you for tuning in to Vibrant Raw Living. Remember that you are just as worthy, deserving, and capable of achieving and maintaining your dreams as much as anyone else. If you have found this podcast useful, please subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud and share it with your friends and family. You can find links to my Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Pinterest, and Snapchat in the show notes below. And if you'd like to follow me for updates, which I only share via email, come on over to my website at victoriamadian.com. I love you and I'm wishing you a wonderful day. Go out there and discover your infinite potential. 